right, well, happy Sunday. Glad that you're here today. Anybody thankful to be alive today? It's a great day to be alive. And uh, man, I'm feeling good. Not even jet lagged. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm uh, thankful to be here. And just really quick, want to echo what Pastor Andy was mentioning a moment ago. Uh, we spent the last uh, number of days in Israel, and it was incredible. In fact, uh, you were on my mind, Life Center. I, I had the opportunity to stand at the Western Wall. How many of you have ever seen the photo of the Western Wall or been there? It's a place where Jews and Christians uh, pray. And the reason for that, why it's significant, is because it's representative of the closest that the Jewish people can get to what was the Holy of Holies present day. And so literally hundreds and thousands of people will stand at this wall praying, interceding, calling out to God. And one of the things that people will do is they'll take their prayers and they'll stick them in between these blocks. Maybe you've seen that online. And one of the pieces of paper that I had, I wrote you down. And I stood in front of that wall with tears in my eyes and I prayed for you. I prayed for Life Center. I wrote down on that piece of paper some of the stuff that I shared at our vision night. And I, I just asked God, God, would you move in Tacoma, halfway around the world? God, would you move in the hearts and lives of the people? And um, I, I just want to encourage you, if you ever get the chance to go to Israel, do it in your lifetime. Here's why. Uh, I've dedicated my life uh, to reading this to studying this, to teaching this. Do you know that I teach from this like every week? Did you know that? Um, and what's, what's amazing is for multiple decades now of my life, I've studied, I've read these words in black and white and, and red, red letters. And something happens when you go from stories that you know and now you're standing in the place where your Savior walked standing at the southern steps that would have gone up into the temple where the Psalms of Ascent were really written for and penned for as they were ascending into the temple of God and looking at that step and realizing Jesus stepped on these stairs. It changes things. And so I'd encourage you, if you've never been to Israel, uh, make that a point at some point in your lifetime to do that. Pastor Andy and I, we were talking as we were there how do we uh, create opportunity for Life Center? And so our plan and our prayer is that at some point in the year 2024, we will take our first of, Lord willing, many trips for the people of Life Center to Israel. So be watching for that if that interests you. Uh, we'll be sharing a little bit more about that when the time comes. But our hope is that in 2024, we'll make a trip available uh, to the people of Life Center. And uh, we will go walk the steps of Jesus and experience that incredible land. Uh, but as amazing as that was, can I tell you there's no place I would rather be today than be right here with you. Thankful for you. And uh, we're going to continue on in our series entitled, I Am. Can you say, I Am? We're spending a number of weeks looking at seven statements that Jesus makes throughout John's gospel and he uses these two words, I am. It finds its significance back in the book of Exodus 
where God is speaking to Moses and Moses is tasked with the assignment to go to Pharaoh and to help release the people of Israel out of slavery and out of bondage. And Moses says to God, well, who am I supposed to say is actually sending me with this assignment? And God replies, simply tell them, I am is sending you. I am. What's interesting, all these years later, Jesus, he stands up multiple times, seven different times that John records, and he makes an I am statement. And today, we're going to continue on. I want to encourage you, lean in, grab something to take some notes with. We're going to look at some scripture. I got some principles for you today. Uh, but if you're taking notes, you can write this title down, Follow the Light. Follow the Light. You know, what, what we follow matters. What we follow matters. And all of us, we're, we're following something. We're, we're looking to something. And one of the themes you're going to hear throughout the weeks of this series is this, that there's times in life where we will question, am I enough? If you were here last week and you heard Pastor Eric Bowles talk about that question, am, am I enough? And here's the good news. Every time we come to that place in life and maybe you're asking if you're enough for your marriage or your career or for your children or grandchildren, are you enough for what lies ahead of you? And, and here's the good news. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, when we wrestle with that question, am I enough? We get to come face to face with the one who looks at us and simply says, I am. The one who is the I am. He looks at us. That, the good news is we don't have to be enough because he is enough. He is more than enough. You know, one of the things that you're going to learn as you journey through life, if you haven't yet discovered this, is life will present dark moments. Discouraging moments. Un unexpected moments. In those dark moments, they, they show up whether you're like really consistent in reading your Bible or not. Those, those dark seasons show up in life, but, but the words of Jesus are going to be so significant for those of us who maybe we found ourselves in a dark season. Maybe we're in a dark season right now. The words of Jesus that we're going to look to in John chapter 8 are significant. As we begin, I, I just want to jump right in and and share kind of the key thought for you today, and it's this. In your darkest moment, there's a light that will never cease to shine. In your darkest moment that you face, in your darkest moment that you encounter, whether it's in your career or in your health or in whatever it might be, in that darkest moment, good news, there's a light that will never cease to shine. In fact, in John chapter 12, verse 26, or verse 46, rather, Jesus, he makes this statement, I have come as what? Light. Oh, come on, can you say it? Light. I have come as light into the world so that everyone, <laughs> not just a select few, not just to kind of the elite, no, it's so that everyone who believes in me would not remain in darkness. I don't know about you, there's been a few times in my life where I felt like I was left in the dark. Like everybody else around me knew what was going on, but I'm like, I have no clue. Anybody else you ever felt like you were in the dark about something? And here's, here's the reality is that God's plan is not to have us off at this distance 
wondering if we can be welcomed in. He wants everybody who would believe in him to experience the light that he provides. Jesus doesn't want you to be left in the dark, friends. But sometimes life presents some dark, challenging seasons, some dark, challenging moments. In fact, a few months ago, I remember uh, opening up an email. I received an email from uh, somebody close to me. And, and as I began to read this, I can't tell you the, the weight I began to feel inside. How many of you know, like, sometimes people closest to you can cut you the deepest? And, and as I read this email, and I, I was trying to understand, trying to process through what was going on, it was like discouragement came flooding in. It was like a dam had broken loose, and all of the floodwaters were aiming right at me. And in that moment, I, I felt overwhelmed. I felt a little bit helpless. And, and to be honest, it scared me what I, what I was feeling. No, no, some of you right now, you're like, wow, Tyler, like, you, maybe you should go back to Israel a little bit longer. But I think appropriate vulnerability is important. Why? Because just because a person stands on the stage doesn't mean they don't feel moments of discouragement. And it was what I would describe a, a dark moment, a dark season. And, and here's why it, why it shook me a little bit is like, I know what this says, and I know what my God says about me, but there was a disconnect in that moment between what I was feeling and what my faith says. Anybody else ever felt this tension in your life? Thank you for that witness back there. <laughs> I felt this, this weird sense of like, wait, God, I, I know that you're for me. I know that you're not against me. God, I, I believe that you love me, and I, I'm not questioning that. But, but God, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? It was heavy. And what did I do in that moment? Well, I did the only thing that I knew to do. I, I reached out to some friends who I knew would pray. And my friends prayed with me, and, and over the next period of time, I felt this heaviness kind of lift off of me. And, and here's what those friends, they reminded me of, and here's what I learned in that season. Even in my darkest moment, there's a light that will never cease to shine. So today, Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe, maybe there's a loved one or a family member or a coworker, somebody who's going through a dark moment. I want you to consider the words of Jesus in John chapter 8. Would you go there with me, John chapter 8? Let me give you some context here. Jesus had left the region of Judea, which is around Jerusalem, and gone back north to kind of his home base for ministry. It was around the Sea of Galilee. And he fled because the Jews in Jerusalem, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to put him to death because of the influence he was gaining. But also he was making some claims that they were not happy with. And his brothers, Jesus' brothers come to him and says, Jesus, let's, let's go down to the festival. The festival of shelters was about to start. And Jesus said to them, no, you go ahead. I'm going to stay up here. But then 
a little bit later, Jesus goes down to Jerusalem in secret. And he begins to teach in the temple in John chapter 7. We see him stand up as this big festival is going on. And Jesus calls out, if anyone's thirsty, come to me and drink, because out of you will flow rivers of living water. The Pharisees are frustrated with what he's doing, and that's where we find Jesus. He's, he's in Jerusalem in this time period, and he's talking to the Pharisees. And in John chapter 8, verse 12, it says this, Jesus spoke to them again, I am the light of the world. Could you read that statement with me? I am the light of the world. Notice Jesus doesn't say, I am a light. Jesus doesn't say, hey, one time I saw a light. Hey, there is a light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He goes on to say this. Anyone who follows me. Can you say follows me? Oh, that's so important. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Friends, even in your darkest moments, guess what? You have access to a light that will never cease to shine. Come hell or high water, guess what? You have access to a light that does not cease to shine. But the invitation is important. Are you following? You got to follow the light. You got to follow the light. So the Pharisees said to him, You're testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not valid. You see, under the law, there had to be multiple witnesses to make sure that a testimony was valid. And the Pharisees are sitting here going, You're just talking about yourself. It's not valid. And Jesus is going, No, no, no. You, you don't get it. He continues, even if I testify about myself, Jesus replied, my testimony is true because I know where I came from and I know where I'm going, but you don't know where I come from or where I am going. Jesus says that he is the light of the world. And again, don't miss the significance of those two words, I am. This is the same statement that God spoke to Moses as he gave him the assignment to pull the people out of slavery in Egypt and bring them on a journey to the promised land. And again, God simply said, I am is the one who's sending you. Jesus is intentionally declaring a truth in this moment. He is revealing he is God. Jesus is not just saying, hey, I'm a good teacher. Hey, I got some inspiration for you today. He's saying, no, I am the I am. I am the light of the world. In other words, the one who appeared to Moses at the burning bush and said, I am, is now clothed in flesh, standing in front of the people saying, I am the light of the world. This matters because going back to the book of Exodus as the people leave, Egypt, and they're following Moses. They go out into this place called the wilderness. How many of you have ever been out like in wilderness? I'm not, I'm not talking about Fife, I'm talking about like wilderness. <laughs> you gotta remember there's, there's a difference between darkness in biblical times and darkness today, right? Because we still kind of get the glow of the city and at times it's, it's hard to see the stars Shining. 
And the people, as they're being led out of Egypt, something amazing happens. The goodness of God shows up to them. Because look at what it says in Exodus chapter 13. The I am is leading them even through the darkness. Listen to what it says. Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. It says this. The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way during the day and in a pillar of fire to give them light at night so they could travel day or night. Now listen to this. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people. The group that Jesus is talking to, they they knew this story. They knew that that God was the one who led them by light, even in the darkness, that that God was faithful to be with them, that that Yahweh was the one who was faithful to bring them through that wilderness season. Even in the darkness, he allowed light to shine. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. What I love about that, God was always going before them. God was always leading them. God never left them. God never checked out and said, hey guys, a little bit tired. I'm gonna take a quick siesta. I'll see you in the morning. No, he, he continued to lead them, but here's the key. Their responsibility was to follow the light. To follow the light. In John chapter eight, verse 14, we read it just a moment ago. Jesus says, I know where I came from and I know where I'm going, but you don't know where I'm going. You see, God understood where he was trying to bring his people out of slavery, out of Egypt. He knew that the promised land was the destination so that he could be in relationship among his people. And he knew where he was going. But guess what? They didn't always understand where God was going. They had to follow the light. They didn't always get it. In fact, pretty soon, it took about like 72 hours for them to start grumbling against Moses. We should have just died in Egypt instead of out here. I know we would never do that, right? We're, we're much too spiritual to ever grumble or complain. See, Jesus, all those years later, he says, I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. But you don't, you don't get it. You don't understand it. Jesus knew where he came from. The way that John opens up his gospel, and again, we're anchoring a lot of this year in John's gospel as as Life Center. We're gonna learn from this book. But listen to how John opens his gospel. It's much like a new Genesis chapter one. Listen, John chapter one, verse one. He says this, in the beginning was the word. Can you say the word? Notice that it's a capital W. It's a proper name. He's speaking about the logos. That's the Greek word. Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Again, John is making it clear. Jesus is more than just a good teacher. He's more than just a historic, inspirational leader. Jesus is God. That's why these I am statements are so important. Jesus is leaning back into the Old Testament and now bringing full revelation of who he is. He was with God in the beginning, which means he's eternal. 
goes on. All things were created through him and apart from him. Not one thing was created that has been created. In him was what? Life. And that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. In the wilderness, guess what? The light shined in the darkness, but the darkness did not overcome it. And all these years later, Jesus is now speaking. He says, I'm the light of the world. No amount of darkness can overcome it. And here we are, well over 2,000 years later, after Jesus died, was buried, and he rose again to life. Guess what? The darkness has not overcome it. See, there's some dangers as it relates to darkness. I think we've probably experienced it. You've probably noticed that darkness hinders our ability to see. You ever learned that the hard way? It makes you see things that aren't there, but it also keeps you from seeing the things that are. Dark, darkness messes with your vision. You end up stubbing your toe. Come on, how many of you in the last few months you've stubbed your toe on something just because it was a little bit too dark? It hinders our ability to see it. It hides the danger in front of us or around us. It amplifies that sense of being alone or isolation. It, it hinders progress in movement. In fact, if you've ever tried to keep up and follow somebody in the dark, that's challenging. It's hard to do. It multiplies uncertainty and confusion and disorientation. Darkness is dangerous. It's dangerous. And so how do we avoid the danger of darkness? Well, the answer is simple. We, we got to learn to follow the light. And so how do we do that? Here, here's three principles. I want you to write these down. Three principles for us to, to follow this light. The one that says, I am the light of the world. It starts with this. It starts with stepping into the light. Can you say step into the light? Step into the light. See, that's, that's the first thing each of us must do. It's, it's one thing to be aware that there is a light. It's another thing to step into the light. See, proximity matters. And so today, you, you might feel like life is dark. You might be going through a dark season, a dark valley, may, maybe stuff in your family and your health and your finances, uncertainty about the future. Where, whatever it is, it, it just feels kind of dark. Well, how do you follow the light? You'll never follow the light unless you first step into it. You've got to step into the light. And here's why I think this is so important for us is that distance dilutes. Tyler, what do you mean by that? Well, if I just make a journey over here, you see the team, they, they weren't prepared for me to do this. You can barely see me. I don't even know if you can see me on the screen anymore. But the problem is I, I can see the light from where I'm at. Some of you, you can kind of make, make me out from where you're sitting, but... But those who are watching with us online, they have no idea where I am, especially since I wore all black today by this black wall. You see, I, I could be aware of the light, but until I step into the light, the impact of the light is diluted. 
in the following of Jesus, you've you got to be willing to first step into the light. The further you are from the light, understand this, the less you feel its impact. This is why at times we can be surrounded by people who, who God is touching their hearts and moving on their hearts, but we feel like we're over here in the dark going, well, I can, I can see what's going on, but why am I not experiencing what's going on? And we have to ask ourselves the question, have we stepped into the light? Over there, I could see the light, but I was distant from its impact or its effect. And I know that thought for some of us, well, well, Tyler, stepping into the light is a little bit scary because in the light, you kind of see everything. It's funny, every now and then I'll talk to somebody who does something up on the stage and they're not used to standing up there and they're like, how do you look into those lights every single week? It's so bright. Like, well, you just get used to it. You, you kind of get blind. <laughs> it's bright. See, the challenge with stepping into the light, the, the shadows kind of disappear. Sometimes the things, the facades that we want to hide behind, the, the blemishes that aren't that noticeable in the dark all of a sudden become very visible. And so stepping into the light can feel a little bit unnerving. Today, you might be asking yourself, well, Tyler, I, I want to follow the light, but if the first step is stepping into the light, man, that, that feels a little bit scary. Can I tell you, every significant journey in life starts with a courageous first step. The unknown of, it, it starts with a first step, and it takes courage. It takes trust. And I know some people might say, well, Tyler, it's, it's too bright. I, I like being able to just have a little bit of relationship with Jesus where it makes me feel better. I don't know if I want to fully step into the light and, and let the light reveal what actually is, is there. It's, it's too bright. Reminds me of when our kids were little. We would try to get photos of them especially when it was sunny out, which is rare in the Northwest. Um, but we try to get a photo of all of them smiling together with all of their eyes open. Have you ever tried to do this with a little kid when it's sunny out? It's nearly impossible. We say, okay, everybody smile, and it'd be like this. We're like, no, 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 open your eyes. We want to see you. And they'd be like, it's too bright, it's too bright. And we'd be like, okay, we'll count down. Keep your eyes closed. Okay, ready? One, two, three, smile. Every photo would look like this. Because it was too bright. It, it hurt their eyes. And I know sometimes, maybe that, there's that fear for you of, well, Tyler, I like the idea of Jesus being a good teacher, but I don't know if I'm ready to like make him master and savior and king. And Lord, because that means I actually have to step into the light. But it's worth it. I had a professor in Bible college. Uh, it was actually, we spent a semester studying the book of John. He said something one day that I didn't know if I should be offended or I should write it down and save this for later. And so I wrote it down and saved it for later. But he said this, 
said every human is either a cockroach or a moth. And I'm, I remember, like, is this going to be on the test? <laughs> but again, one of the overarching themes in John, if you read through the gospel, is darkness and light. Darkness and light. Darkness and light. Every human is either a cockroach or a moth. And my professor was making this point. When the light comes on, we will either scatter or we'll be drawn to it. So when the opportunity to step in the light is there, are, are we more like a cockroach where we want, we want to like run for darkness? Because in the darkness, I, I can kind of keep the facade up. I, I don't have to deal with the blemishes. I don't have to deal with, with God's loving kindness of dealing with what's actually there. Or will we be drawn to the light, understanding, no, this is where light and life is actually found. Step into the light. But once we step into the light, here, here's what we have to remember. God is consistent, but he's not always predictable. He's consistent, but he's not always predictable. You see, God is the same yesterday, today, forever. He was consistently with the people through that journey, but he was trying to lead them. And so the second thing after we step into the light, we have to be willing to, number two, move with the light. See, God pulled the people out of Egypt, but it wasn't just to bring them into the wilderness to have a light show. It was to bring them into the wilderness so they could journey through the wilderness to make their way into the promised land. We have to be willing to move with the light. Jesus is consistent. You can always count on his character. He will not change, but trust me, he will take you on a journey. And sometimes that journey is different than what you expected. I look at my life, I look at my journey, not predictable. There's things that I was like, okay, God, I was not expecting that. But I had to be willing to move with the light. See, I wanna live my life in a way that says, Jesus, where you go, I go. Lord, if, you, if you're going over there, I want to go there. If you're calling us to go this way, God, I want to go that way. I don't want to just step into the light just to have you want me to follow you. And now all of a sudden the light is moving. But because of my stubbornness, because of my insecurity, because of whatever it might be, I'm going to not move with the light. We have two dogs in our household. Some of you, you met Jack a couple of weeks ago. Got some emails about that one. Um, but our older dog, her name is Mia. The pound told us she was a chihuahua. She's not a chihuahua. Um, she looks like a miniature black lab. Still not sure what she is. But uh, I remember when our kids were young, we had just gotten Mia, and uh, we had a laser pointer. And I remember like turning this laser pointer on and our kids thought this was so funny because Mia would see the light and she would like walk up to the light and try to get it and then I would move it and she would like go after the light and try to, try to get it and move it and the kids just thought it was so funny. And, but man, I hope that my pursuit of Jesus has that same intensity and eagerness 
I know some of us, we, we look at our animals and go, we are way too sophisticated to act like that about a laser light. And hopefully you're not like crawling around on the ground going, oh, laser light. But if the light of Jesus is moving, are we willing to move? Are we willing to, to journey with him, to go after him? Even if other people would criticize us, I would rather be moving with the light than miss out on what God wants to do in and through us. See, I'm thankful Jesus taught his disciples later on in the book of John, chapter 14. He, he reminds us the Holy Spirit's gonna lead us into all truth. In other words, as, as God is leading us and guiding us, there's gonna be a witness in our heart. He wants us to, to move in his light. What we need to understand is without the light of Jesus, we can't see and we can't survive. So yes, we've got to step into it, but we also got to be willing to move with it. But that brings us to the third principle today. If we step into it, and we move with it, we need to understand we are called to reflect the light. Can you say reflect? Reflect. That, that word is important right there. Why? Because we ourselves, we are not the source of the light. Hear me, Christian. You, you are not the source of the light. Some of you guys remember a song, if you grew up in church, Sunday school, you used to sing it, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Some of you guys just went all the way back to like flannel graphs and, you know, <laughs> some graham crackers. <laughs> but here's the deal. The only light we have is a reflection of the true light. We are not the source of the light. Jesus is the light of the world. It's not me. That's why there's zero room for pride in the kingdom of God. Because all we are is beggars begging for the bread of life. And we're telling other beggars where to find the bread. It's Jesus. He is the source. He's the one. And yet, those of you who know scripture well, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, he looks at his disciples and he calls them two things. You're the salt of the earth and you are the what? Light of the world. Well, Jesus, how can both of those things be true at the same time? Jesus, in one moment, you're saying we're the light of the world. In another moment, in John chapter 8, you're saying you are the light of the world. Which one is it? He is the light. And all we do is receive and reflect that light. And that's why we are also called to be that reflection. Because without it, this world is lost in darkness. The other week I stood on the stage at Vision Night and I talked about changing the number of 633,000 people in the greater Pierce County area who are disconnected from Jesus in his church. How do we do that? We reflect the light. We understand I'm not the source of it, Jesus you are. But we can't reflect a light if we're not moving with that light. And we'll never move with that light unless we step into that light. But I have good news for each and every one of us. Guess what? Darkness cannot overcome this light. 
You might find yourself in a challenging season right now. You might be in a dark moment right now, but can I tell you, all you gotta do is step into the light. There's a light, no matter how dark it gets, there is a light that will never cease to shine. So step into it, move with it, reflect it. I love this, what C.S. Lewis, who was a skeptic of Christianity, who became a devoted follower of Jesus, a theologian, an author, a scholar. C.S. Lewis said this, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun is risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. So good. See, most of us, we we went through health class. We understand that we can't actually see unless there is light. It's, It's light that allows us to see. See, the same is true when it comes to this journey with Jesus. You you might be aware of light in the distance, but until you step into it, friends, you'll never be able to see like God is inviting you to see. But then we must learn to move with the light. God's not cruel. He's not using a laser pointer to try to just chase us for nothing. He's leading us with his light. Why? Because he's got a plan, he's got a purpose. He's got something for you. He's got something for your marriage. He's got something for your career. He's got something for your kids and your grandkids. You've got to follow the light. But at the end of the day, friends, we we must reflect the light. In Exodus, Israel had to do this. The people of Israel, they had to do this in the wilderness. They had to step into the light and they had to move with the light because if not, the light was going to move beyond them and they would be back in darkness. See, they experienced 400 years of captivity and slavery surrounded by false gods. And what was God doing? God was calling them out of the place where they had been. And he was bringing them into a location to teach them about who he was. And years and years later, Jesus stands up as the fulfillment of that. And he says, I am the light of the world. Here's what I know. We too have have been people who live in a land of captivity. Paul will say it this way, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that that we've all been slaves of sin, yet Jesus came to set us free, to set us free out of captivity and bring us from the land of darkness into the land of light. He invites us to step into that light and to follow him. So today, can I invite you across this room? Would you bow your heads just for a moment? I wanna say a word of prayer, but before I pray, I wanna give you space to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. Today, as you reflect, maybe you find yourself in a, in a dark season. Before we deal with that, I want to ask, is there anybody in this place where you realize that, Tyler, I I have yet to put my trust in Jesus. I, I have yet to step into the light. Maybe you desire a fresh start with God. See, the only way that our penalty is dealt with, the only way that our debt is paid is through what Jesus has done for us. And so that courageous first step, it's 
It's trust. It's putting your trust in what Jesus has already done for you before you ever took a step in his direction. Scripture calls this salvation, being saved. And today, if that's you, you want to know that your debt is paid. You want a fresh start with God. If that's you, would you just simply raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment and say, yeah, that's me, Tyler. Would you pray for me today? Across this room and say, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. You can put those hands down. Thank you. We're going to pray for that in just a moment. Second, I want to pray for those of us who would say, you know what? I feel like it's a dark season right now. It's a dark season. And you, you need the light of the world to show up in the midst of where you're at. And, and more accurately, maybe you just need to adjust your movement and get moving with where the light of the world is. Today, you find yourself in a dark season. If that's you, would you just raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment, because we're gonna pray that the light of Christ will, will illuminate, will shine brightly in the midst of that circumstance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put those hands down. Father, thank you. Thank you for how you love us. God, you're so faithful and you're so good. Lord, we know that life serves up moments that are, are challenging and unexpected and, and so quickly those discouraging moments can become dark moments. And yet, for the darkest moments that we experience, thank you that there is a light that will never cease to shine. And God, I'm asking for friends who raise hands today saying that they find themselves in one of those dark moments. Jesus, let your light shine. God, I pray illumination in Jesus' name today. Lord, I pray that as they experience that light, as they move with your light, God, that there would be a freedom even in the midst of the challenge, even in the midst of the struggle. God, remind them that you are with them, much like we read about in Exodus 13, that you continued to go ahead of your people and you were with your people and you never departed your people. God, would you remind us that this light never leaves us. So God, help us to keep in step with you. I pray as well for friends who raised a hand today saying they desire that, that fresh start with you. They want to put their trust, Jesus, in what you've done for them. Life Center, can we say this prayer together with those who are praying this prayer maybe for the first time? Just say these words, say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. Help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision?